Alright, Ari Khabr. Alright, Khabron zooms here too. Beautiful. Zokti Gumarot, today's daf is daf nuntes, page 59, the Hilgim and we pick up on the very top line of daf nuntes Amad Aleph. Now, the overall, the overall, uh, um, Concept that the Gemara has been focusing on is that if you ever have produce that is not ripe, we're going to value that when it comes to an animal eating it and paying for damages. We're going to value that if it's not ripe as part of the land. But if it's completely ripe grapes, or we're going to talk about grapes now, or grain, whatever it is, and it's completely ripe, then you might have to pay, or you would have to pay, for that produce individually. You're not just going to deduct it from the value of the overall acreage of the field. You're going to look at that specifically because really once it's ripe, it's independent of the field. It doesn't need the field anymore. It's already ripe. It just hasn't been picked yet. But it doesn't need it. So you can look at it independently. But if it's unripe, so now it's a chalak. It's a part of the field. And the way to pay for damages is to look at the difference of the field itself. So here we go. Achlas Madar, if the animal ate unripe grapes. Rabbi Yeshua says, We view them like they're ripe. And you got to pay for them without looking at the value of the land. No, you look at the land, how much it was worth, and how much it's worth now. So the chamim, the sages, are lenient. Where do we say this machlaikas and this opinion specifically of the chachamim that you look at the valuation of the land before and after? That's if they ate the shoots of the grapevines or figs. But let's say they're not the shoots in the earliest stages of growth. Let's say they're already further along in the growth process. Let's say about halfway done. Where do the, then you look at them like the right. Which means like this. Says Reb Shem Yehuda. Where do the Chum say? You look at it as part of the land when it's not ripe. When it's mamish not ripe. In the early, 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 early stages. But once you get, hit the halfway mark... Now the Chacham will agree to Reb Yeshua that even though they're not fully ripe, you do view them like they're ripe and you, you pay for them, uh, the, the, the um, grapes or figs, individually. Katani Mi'az, bottom line is we learned from this b'raisa, it doesn't say about 60 times, which is what we learned on yesterday's da'af, what are you going to respond? It means b'shishim, you're right, so too. In the other case as well, which on yesterday's da'af, we learned the case of a person who damaged, also we're going to say it means that whenever you look at the field, you, you judge that patch, b'shishim, in an area of land, which is 60 times that amount. Amr Abayabai says, basically, Rabbi Shmuel, Amr Dabrachad, Yishnur, basically, then Rabbi Shmuel, Agree, they both agree. What do you mean, Rabbi Yisaglili Hadamar? Rabbi Yisaglili's halacha. We already said that if you have things that are not ripe, if you have produce that's not ripe, you consider it like it's ripe. Now, what about Rabbi Shmuel? The Tanul Inter Brisa. Made of stay, made the garbage shalim for damages. You pay from the highest quality. Made of stay, oshanizik. Made the garbage shalim The highest quality of the victim's field, not the field of the damager. The field of the damage. Rabbi Akiva says, no, he says, the Torah is talking about the damage uh, going and collecting the field. And I'm going to make a Kavachimer that if, if uh, you get damaged, um, you could collect from the best of the damager's field. So too, Kavachimer, this would be true if you damage Hektish. Okay? 
if a hectic is coming to collect from somebody, they're also going to take from the best. Now, it seems from Shita Shabishmo that you're going to pay high quality, right? You're paying high quality. You're doing the best land of the Nizik. And don't say that when Rabbi Shmuel was coming to teach me with Allah, he's coming to teach me according to the approach of Ravidi Baravin, which is what? The Omar Vidi Baravin, let's, let's just add a layer to this. What happens if an animal ate tomatoes from one row and there's many other rows of tomatoes? See, different parts of the land, different rows of the land have different qualities. You ever go to the store, right? Sometimes your tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Look, mamish fest and geschmack, and sometimes they're like a shtibble yellowish. Looks like they're a little nebuch, yeah. And they haven't, uh, you know, they haven't uh, f- uh, fully ripened. So when the animal goes and eats one row, and there's nothing left from there, how do I know where those great, where those tomatoes were holding? Were they unripe? Were they ripe? <clears throat> there's nothing left. The Amar kum shalim shmeina. So Rabbi Shmuel will say, we go. And we tell the damager, the owner of the damaging animal, listen, you go pay for, from uh, the best possible row that exists in that field. You have to assume that it damaged from the best. Make the hashta, but with the best that you see in front of you. The Armino, we wouldn't say this uh, according to Shitas Reb Yishmo, My time We're not going to say that the victim could tell the 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 victim, which means the owner of the field, could tell the owner of the animal, oh, you need to pay me the best, even though you don't know for sure that it ate the best. And you know why? Because we have a general f- a, a rule, a principle, when it comes to financial damages, the owner of the field should be able to tell the owner of the animal, I don't need to pay you. I'm sorry, the owner of the animal should be able to tell the owner of the field, prove to me that it ate the best, and I'll pay you. Otherwise, I'll pay you from the shvachist. I'll pay you from the worst. So that can't be what Rebbe Shmo means. Ella, rather, what does it mean? Rabbi Shmuel holds that you pay from the best, the lekame, that's coming. What does that mean, the best that's coming? That's coming. It's referring to the, uh, the produce, in our case, the tomatoes, the grapes, the grain, whatever it is, at the time that it is ready to be picked. Okay? So it means like this. You're right that a Maishukher of You got to prove it. But even so, what we'll allow is, and what we'll say is, that with a Maishukher you'll still pay ripe tomatoes. That will do. Because prove to me it was ripe, I don't need to prove to you it was ripe. Even if it wasn't ripe, you have to pay ripe. Do you have to pay the best of that which is ripe? Not necessarily. Or if we're dealing with vegetables, not necessarily. But either way, it's Hamayzuk Yehovah means you're going to pay from the lowest. Okay. When do we say that you evaluate the Gansa land? The whole land. That's where you emamashate the earliest, earliest stages of growth. But what about grapes that are in their early stages? Right. Since it's not mamish shoots, it's already budding grapes. So then we view it like you have to pay for ripe grapes. But let's say the end of the statement. Once it's half, uh, half uh, baked, we'll call it. That's how we say it's considered ripe. But let's say it's just in the budding stage. We're going to call the budding stage a third growth. It's not earliest, but it's not half. Right? So how, you gonna, how are you going to understand this contradiction? Right? If you say you only don't pay individually when it's in the early, early, early shoots, 
that means if it's a third grown, you would pay ripe. But then we said if it's half grown, you pay ripe, which seems to imply if it's a third grown, you're still going to evaluate it with the whole field. So make up your mind. Amr Ravina. Ravina says, Kruch Vitani. Put both statements together, fold them over, Vitani, and learn as follows. Where do we say that you don't view the, the produce individually, you view with the rest of the land? Things ready. A third or half, right? Then you already view it like right. So it's not a contradiction, which means taka, unless it's in the shoot stage, you're gonna view it like it's ripe. Says the Gemara, well then there's no machlekas over here. Because Rabbi Shua said if it's budding, which is we're gonna call that a third grown, not necessarily a third, but you know that's the number we're gonna use here. We view it like it's the butcher. There's no real machlekas. The difference is gonna be when you look at the kash gufna, the weakening of the vine. This is mamish deep and mamish incredible, which is everything has a trade-off. So, get ready. My ox ate your third-grown grapes. You want me to pay for ripe grapes, right? You want me to, the owner of the vineyard wants me to pay ripe grapes. He'll make more money. Okay, now here's the trade-off of that. Let the damager come back to the owner of the field and say like this. I know you want me to pay for ripe grapes, but did your grapes actually ripen? (laughs) No. You know what happened? I pulled them off when they were a third grown. Here's the deal. I'll pay you ripe grapes, but I want to deduct the nutrition that the grape, the two-thirds nutrition that the grape would have pulled from your vineyard that it didn't, I saved you that nutrition. See, vineyards don't last forever. They nourish and nourish at a certain point. It doesn't, it doesn't go anymore. It's a gate niche. So let, can the damaging party say, you want me to do ripe beseder ripe, but it didn't actually ripen, so I saved you nutrition and I want to deduct that, but let me but... How this is uh, um, valued and how this is created was not uh, fully, we didn't make a seum on it. Yeah, it, it wasn't fully um, uh, clarified or worked on, which means we're not sure whose opinion. There is a difference in those opinions, but we're not sure exactly who holds that you could deduct that nutrition and who holds you cannot. Omar Abaya, Abaya says, I know. I'll tell you the difference. Misaimi u misaimi. We could figure out which opinion holds that you deduct. Which Tano holds that you add to the calculation how much nutrition would have been pulled from the vines? The first time a woman has relations, let's say she's violated, we know the rapist has to pay a number of different payments. The question is, do we add the tsar, do we add the, does he have to pay for the pain of the initial relations, which is causing her to lose her virginity, or not? So, Rav Shippen Yehuda says you don't need to pay for that added pain of losing her virginity because it would have happened anyway. So she can't come and claim, you caused me a pain that I wouldn't have had. He's going to say it's not true. 
It's not true. You're a besula now, but one day you'll get married, and you would have had that anyway. I didn't cause that to happen. It would have happened. Amrulai, but the sages said to him, wrong. That's a bad tzushtel, uh, uh, um, and by, you know, a bad connection saying it. And I'll tell you why. Because even the pain that's reached, the first time a woman has relations and loses her besulim, loses her virginity, is a different element of pain when it's coming against your will or with your will. When it's coming with your will, people are, are comfortable taking the pain. Maybe it's not even considered pain, whatever it is. But when it's against your will, that's taka pain, and therefore they say you absolutely do add that type of pain to the tab. Amar Abaye says, You should know this, Machlaikas, of how you view the besula and the case of, of our, uh, of our uh, budding grapes is the same thing. There's a brisa that says that if you if if uh, two men are fighting and one guy or doesn't make a difference what happened initially, somebody causes a woman to have a miscarriage. So you have to pay. Now the question is, if the woman would have gone through with a healthy birth, she, there's expenses that come along with that within the birth. She has to hire a doctor or a midwife over here. That's a chaya. A chaya is a midwife. So now she's not going to have to pay that. Could you deduct it? And basically says yes. Benazai says that um, <coughs> you, uh, you deduct, I'm not going to say also because we're about to clarify that, you deduct the extra food that a pregnant woman eats in order to give her baby nutrition as well. Man who says that we deduct the value of the midwife, he says you certainly deduct the mezainus as well because there's a greater chance of a woman needing extra food to, to uh, bring nutrition to her baby than the family necessarily hiring a midwife. You could have families that don't hire midwives. It's not a guaranteed expense. The husband could say, the father could say, uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, it's when it says that you, you, you uh, deduct the extra food, he'll say, you do not deduct the value of a midwife, because the husband will say, it's a listen, my wife doesn't need a midwife, and therefore you still need to pay me whole, you can't deduct the amount from your damages. Okay. Beautiful. Zot the Gemara Viter. Rapapa Rabuna Brid Rabishua Abudovda Kabasit Rav Nachman Rapapa Nabud Rabishua did like Rabbi Nachman. They did like Rabbi Nachman, which was Bishishim. When they evaluated damages on these uh, palm trees that were cut down on yesterday's daf, they passed like Rav Nachman that you don't remember it was one tree amongst three trees. Rav Nachman said, the Reish Kalusa said, you pay 33.3, and Rav Nachman said you evaluate it in 60. Lishnach Rina, they evaluated the tree not in 60, but uh, on a piece of land that holds 60 trees. It depends what type of palm tree, which means if it's very expensive, if it's an expensive tree, then you're not allowed to evaluate it in 60. If it's unique and special, you, you, you're going to have to pay a higher amount, okay? Um, because it's automatically considered separate from the land itself. However, um, if it's a less, if it's an Armenian palm tree, which is less value, a standard palm tree, 
then the Allah is we would evaluate it in 60. All right, let's get into a story. Eliezer Zeira, Have Siam Masani Uchmi Vikoi Bishukadinarda. He was wearing black shoes and standing in the marketplace of Narda. This is a Halig Gemara, Chabra, listen closely, an incredible Misa. The young Rebel Yazir was standing in the marketplace in Arda with black shoes. Why do he wear black shoes? Not because he was yeshivish, but because black shoes were unusual back then and they were a sign of mourning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, not M-O-R. Okay? Ashkud the Beirish Galusa. Vamulei, Maishnahai Misani. What are you doing walking around with black shoes? Ain't that strange? I can't take my mind off Yerushalayim in my morning. They said to him, You think you're so cool. You think you're so chashev to think about Yerushalayim the whole day? More than anybody else. So for you are a have. That is arrogance. They put him in prison. Walking around like an arrogant, I am more righteous than thou. I got to teach Rabbi Eliezer a lesson. Omar Lahu, he told them, Gava Rabbana. He says, you should know, I'm a, I'm a big time rabbi. Clergy pass. Not a clergy pass. He says, listen, I'm a legitimate, you could be clergy and uh, it'd be a job. But he says, uh, you should know, I'm a legitimate Talmud Chacham. I'm, I'm sincere about this. They said, how do we know? How do we know that you're really a, a sincere person? Omar Lahu, he said, you can ask me any question you want. Or I'll ask you a question that you won't be able to answer. That's how you know that I know my beans. Amrulay, they said, Boyat, okay, you ask us a question. Amrulay said to them, Hi, man, the cut for a person who cuts down young uh, dates. My Mishalim, how much does he pay? Amrulay, Mishalim, to make go for you, pay for the value of budding dates. He said, I have a they're going to eventually ripen, and you're causing that loss to the owner. So they said, You're right, you should pay ripe dates. Omar Louis said to them, But you didn't, you didn't eat ripe dates. Why should you pay for something you didn't eat? He's playing catch 22 with them. Omar Okay, we're confused. You tell us the halacha. Omar Louis says, You pay whatever you took in 60 times. Omar how do we know you're right? Who says? Go to Shmuel, and ask him if that's the halacha. They sent the shayla in front of Shmuel. Shmuel said, You're right, he's right. And they let him go from prison. Okay. Gvaldik. So we see that's Taka. That's uh, Taka the Halacha. Back to the recording. <laughs> Two dots. Second wide line. Reb Shimon Aimer Achlaperes Gemurim. Reb Shimon says, "If you eat ripe 
fruits, you pay for ripe fruits. My time, what's the reason? This he said, it damages other person's field. You evaluate on the field, not the actual fruits. Why over here you tell me you pay for actual fruits? That is true. My things that still need the field, that's when you evaluate it on the field. Honey, but when it's ripe, keep it like it doesn't need the field anymore. It's just sitting there. So, you're going to have to pay for what you actually damaged. Rav Paskins, like Rebbe Meir elsewhere, as we're about to see, but he Paskins the Halacha, like Rebbe Shimon in our Mishnah. Okay, he says, you should know, in general, we paskin the halachas like Rabbi Shimon. What does that mean, Don Rav, Rabbi Meir? What does it mean, Rav, you know, uh, thought logic according to Rabbi Meir? If somebody writes over a document to somebody else, and um, and uh, his wife didn't sign on it, and then he wrote to somebody else, and the wife of the seller did sign on it. Now this land is referring to land that a woman brought into a marriage and now the husband's selling. See, he needs his wife to sign off on it because it's really hers. So he sells it to one guy and his wife didn't sign. He sells it to a second guy and his wife does sign. So then the Allah is of the Ksuvasa. When the guy goes and takes his field, she lost her Ksuva because that, that was the land of the Ksuva. She's now signing off and she can't collect. She's able to say, I didn't really mean the sale. I was trying to be a good wife. Atem malachem alai, what is your claim against me? I absolutely never intended to give up on my ksuva, which is a fascinating halacha when it comes to finances, and that is that any sort of sale or transaction needs full, full das, it needs full agreement. And if there's any type of pressure that's put into the sale, it could invalidate the sale. And we pass on Allah like Rabbi Shimon, Kihad HaTan, we look this, we learn to the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon, Aymer, Achla Peres Gemurim, Mishlamas Peres Gemurim, Im Sa'asa, Im Sa'asayim, Sa'asayim. If you eat ripe, you pay ripe, no matter how much it is. Says the Mishnah, Hamad Gishpazayis Dechav Eresh Lebesh, is a person who puts haystacks into his friend's field without permission. And the, the, the owner of the field's animal comes and ruins it, eats it up. Putter, you're putter. You, what, are you, what are you doing putting your stuff in my field? If the animal of the owner of the field gets damaged by the grain that was left there without permission, whoever put the grain there is responsible. You put something that damages into my field. Well, well that's your problem. But if you had permission to put it there, then if the owner of the field's animal goes and damages it, the balasada is um, is uh, the one responsible completely. So, if his animal damages the grain, he's responsible. If the grain damages his animal, he's chayav, which means he does not get paid. Says the Gemara Lema Tanan like Rebbe. Our mission does not seem to apply with Rebbe Dichi Rebbe because Rebbe says Ha'amar Achi Kabula Balabais Lishmar. It's not enough. You, you don't take on responsibility when you allow the guy to put grain. You mamish have to accept guardianship in order to be responsible. And our mission doesn't mention anything about guardianship. I'm Rav Papa. Rav Papa says no. Hacha Denatar Beitrei Askinon Beidari Askinon. I'm sorry. We're dealing with somebody who's a Natar Beidari, a person who's in charge of the grain in the threshing floor. The Kivan the Ayolei. Who once you say, please bring it, you're welcome to put it on my threshing floor. He is accepting responsibility to watch it. But so therefore, Rebbe can very well work with our Mishnah. Says the next Mishnah. Um, presents a fire in the hands of a cotton. Not a smart thing to do.
Right? Not smart. They are not responsible. Since you didn't directly cause the damage, you're not responsible down here on earth, but you are held accountable up in heaven. They gave a fire over to somebody who's capable of overseeing a flame. You're not responsible at all, even in heaven. And the new guy who took the flame and does damage with it, he's the one who takes responsibility. What happens? He got one guy carrying a flame and one guy carrying wood. Maybe it's Eitzim Chayev. If the wood catches fire, the one who is carrying the wood is responsible for any damage. Okay, Rashi explains. Because the owner of the fire could say to the owner of the, the guy who brought the wood, my fire wouldn't have done anything. It was your wood that got in the way. Okay? Now we have to understand what the case is, obviously. They both had permission to be there. Otherwise, you can't always say that. I can't light your wood and say, yo, you shouldn't have put your wood there right now or ago. Right? Okay. What happens if the guy brought wood first or the guy brought flame? Maybe it's an archive. Because why? once you see my wood, what are you doing bringing a flame? What happens if one guy has a wood, one guy has a, uh, a flame, and a guy comes ahead and raises the flame? Hamalab Bechayev, the one who raised the flame to catch on to the wood, he's responsible. Because before, with the size of the flame, not what happened. You made the flame bigger, it's on you. What happened if uh, wind came? We'll explain what type of breeze came. Was it normal, abnormal? So, Kulam Paturim, everybody is going to be potter. Because I'm allowed to have a flame over here, you're allowed to have wood over there. If something random happens, it's called an Inus, general, there's nothing to do about it. And Kulam Paturim, everybody's going to be potter. Here we go, Amarish Lagzak to Gemara, three lines to the bottom. Amarish Lagzak to the Chizkiah. Rishlagzak says, Name of Chizkiah, Laishan, Alashamas, Lagacheles, Valiba, the case of our Mishas, dealing with somebody brought a coal and it was fanned. Avol Masa Laishlavas, what happens if you Mamish gave the Chirshet Vakatan an actual flame? Chayov, you are Chayov. Not only Chayov Adini Shemaim, but even Chayov Adini Adam. My time, why? You gave a direct flame to the Cherishet Vakatan. It's considered like your mamish maisa, it was your action that caused the problem. Because that they just become an extension of your activities. Where do we say? That's when you give a hot coal that can start a fire. If gave a flame, it's like, and you, you were, uh, you, it's like you're negligent. By giving it over to such a person. Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon says, no. I feel the Muslims live. You need to give them a flame. Pater. My time. Why? Bottom line is, the, they grabbed hold of it. They walked over. They caused the flame. And the only time you're responsible is if you give the guy, if you give the Cherishot Vakatan Gavza, which are flammable thorns, salsa, pieces of wood, Shraga, a flame, there we could say with certainty that since you gave him everything needed to start a flame, then we could send it back to you and say you're responsible, bidine adam. But otherwise, unless you mamish gave him all, everything needed, the flame with the fuel to easily start a fire, we're still going to say, pata bidine adam, the chayav bidine shamayim. Okay, Gewalt, we'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody. We will keep daf. No, we're going to move daf to 5.30. Okay. Daf this week, Bezajam, be 5, yeah, 5.30 p.m. Bezajam. Okay. Zagabench.